In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the Weekly Anime Performance Review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I'm John, your CEO of Anime and also Pretzels. I am Chris, and the dick still throbs. And I'm Andrew, CEO of The Power of Janond and Chair Fighting. <laughs> Andrew, were you originally going to make a dick throb joke, but Chris stole it? It's one of my options. Yeah. I figure, I figure I don't need to worry about Andrew because he comes up with, like, two or three titles for the ovas i normally have three or more for week to week i only have two so in case you couldn't tell by our titles and the uh title of the episode that you clicked on yourself today we are doing a little catch-up episode and not a mustard episode i'm sorry for those who are expecting one of those uh we have caught up to some shows we've discussed on the podcast previously uh and i say caught up as of the 24th of August when we're recording this. We don't know when it's going to go up yet, so this might be a little bit out of date by the time it actually airs, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. So we caught up to four shows that have been previously discussed on the podcast and have since received continuations. Those being... uh, I'm standing on one million lives. Uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which we covered in an OVA episode. My uh, my next life is a villainous and uh, to your eternity, which was actually only a season ago. It just kept going. It was too core, but we had to we stopped it for a sec or at least I did in order to accommodate all the new stuff. Yeah, most of us, as in two out of the three of us, don't just watch anime the whole time. Chris just watches everything anyway, so. Like, why even bother firing stuff? Like, uh, it doesn't make a difference. We're we're all at the buffet together, and Andrew and I are like carefully making our plates and making sure everything's like balanced and nice. Chris is just like grabbing food with his bare hands from the from the buffet and shoving it into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you don't know what's, you don't know what's good if you don't try everything. <laughs> not wrong. He's not wrong. I just don't care to try everything. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh. We're going by alphabetical order, as you should, being a smart person. So we will start with, I'm standing on one million lives. Uh, And this one was kind of an awkward thing, because uh, I think we might have ended early or something. So it kind of felt like we watched about one and a half arcs here. (laughs) Because wasn't the last episode we watched the one where they introduced Keita? Yeah, the last one, we started an arc. Mm -hmm. That's right. But we it was a very up, so. yeah, yeah. It was a very awkward ending, but yes. Uh, since we left off with "I'm standing on a million lives," we had the arc introducing Keita, the fifth player, uh, and the attempt to save the island of Jifon from some orcs that were occupying it, and some complications involving a dragon along the way. Uh, and then, no, that's where it left off. It wasn't, didn't get any... No, we met the sixth hero at the very end there. Uh, 
uh, who is an English speaker named Glenda. And an English started filmmaker, the... I would say. English speaking filmmaker. Mm. I don't know if she's English or American or what. That's fair. I think she's American. Anyway, what did you guys think of the continuation of this one since we last last left it? I thought it was all right. Yeah i I thought the arc did a good job. I looking back, one thing that I wish they didn't do was introduce all these mercenaries as well because yeah we don't. I know that we just had a bunch of a whole season about these characters, but. Now there's a new character, you know, we can see their dynamics now that he's introduced and like it felt like the main characters were our new character, our main character, and these mercenaries. And that was weird. This arc felt a little bit long to me. Like I feel like you could have trimmed out about an episode from this. Probably, yeah. Especially because like they take like they try to mourn like every death that's happened in the show, even the orcs who eat f- people. Uh, but the funniest one to me was that they like they had they all stopped to mourn this one mercenary that died, who I don't think re- was named before he died. And upon his death, they revealed that his name was literally Lol, L O L L E. So it's so I'm literally like Lol, he died. It, 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 it wasn't supposed to be funny, but it cracked me up a little bit. But aside from that, I didn't hate it. I, I think I think it is a little bit badly paced, but I don't really mm-hmm. remember what the pacing of this show was like before we um what the pacing was like during the season where we watched it. Yeah. I mean, probably roughly the same. I think it was a bit faster. I think I think the pacing before for the second arc, it was mostly episodic, but each episode was about a different character. Yeah. Part of... Oh, go ahead, finish. Whereas I think that... I, th- I think this was more serialized. Where it was all one continuous plot. Yeah, part of what happened was that even though yeah. it was a continuous plot last time of, oh, we need to get... We need to help deliver these supplies to this city i don't remember the name of it was each leg of their journey was a different episode and this it was just a giant fight against the orcs pretty much yeah yeah it was it was a little bit overlong to me and i just thought that the that like the fact they tried to like make us feel bad for the orcs was kind of ridiculous when again they eat people i mean we g-phone like they we eat cows yeah, but cows aren't people. I don't care. Like, I, I think the point of it was saying, like, they were just doing what they're supposed to do, almost, if that makes sense. I'm not saying it's right, but it's like, yeah. they were just doing the best they could for themselves. I guess, but, like, I don't know. This show is, like, is, is weird. Like, I feel like, I, I've said before, uh, including on the podcast, that I don't think that tonal whiplash is necessarily a bad thing. But it can be handled better or worse. What about this was tonal whiplash, though? I don't know. It's just so weird. I, it's it just the idea of like the orcs being like tragic or whatever is just so weird to me when they're like and like, obviously, you can do tragic orcs. I am not one to say that, like, you can't like have a group of characters that is like established as 
one thing and then it turns out they're a different way. Of course, that's like very common storytelling thing. But I don't know. It's feel it felt like really like they went really far in one direction and then really far in the other with the orc characters. I think part of that though is because this show has never acted like the main characters were necessarily good people. Especially our main character is mm-hmm. hates the world and everything and he's, he's like ultimate edgelord, whatever. His his really edge is. only comes out every once in a while, but whenever it does, it's really fucking funny. Yeah, but it's and they're not wrong in that like history is written by the victors, even if they're not the good guys. Yeah. I I will save us time and not rant about that yes, about the whole no, I, yeah, yeah. Please don't. <laughs> But I think that's kind of a bit what they were hinting at. But I think they should have pushed on it more. You know, rather than just be like, oh, yeah, the orcs are here because this or that. And we're the ones who broke the pack. So, you know, but like actually done something about it if they were going to, you know. I thought this arc was all right. Yeah, It wasn't my favorite. I liked the last one better. I think something I will say about this arc is that while the other three main characters might not have had much in character development, it feels like they actually did something and weren't just there to be there. That's true. Like, um, Eu, I think is her name, she uh, fought the orc queen on the boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, um... Yuka and um, I want to say Yutori, but I I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I think I I I agree in that it's wrong. I don't know what the right answer. Whatever, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, there were some really know. funny parts in this arc, though. <laughs> like when uh, when Yuka manages to like toss the like basically sacrifices her life to toss the bullet to uh, the other girl. Oh yeah, and she like knows she's gonna get go into lava, so she stops to make a Terminator reference. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, which is the kind of thing you can do when you know you can come back from death as long as your friends succeed. Yeah, which I do like that aspect to all this. You know, of like all of the people who have d- gone around before are like aware that it's not. They don't have to survive. It's the group that matters, you know? Mm-hmm. As long so as one of them like, is oh. still alive, it makes it. Yeah. Um, and I did think... I don't like, though, how the previous arc was about how these the side characters were finding their own on this, and then, oh, but they still can't fight? Like, even though they kind of did in the previous one you know what do you mean well the previous arc i know especially the last episode or i think it was technically the next last episode was about yuka finding her inner strength to keep going and stuff and i know before that there was the in the caves they were fighting that gargoyle or something and the character whose name we can't remember i feel like she Kasui. fought a bit because is that what it is i think so okay um, she fought a bit, and then 
we get to here though, and when they're training, they're like, "Yeah, we're not gonna fight." And it's like, "But you just had." Well, it's that their abilities weren't enough to like actually pierce an orc skin and actually do damage. Yeah, it just felt like why not then have them figure out how to use their abilities better, you know? Yeah, I think something else is that they couldn't grind XP on their own. That's true. Because they're easily. Yotsuya was able to, but that was just because he has a bunch of. Like, he doesn't have good combat classes necessarily, but he has good. Like. Like, he has good jobs to grind XP because he can do it from farming, he can do it from cooking, uh, he can gain it from blacksmithing. Yeah, I did like when he got blacksmithing. I was like, come on, that's the third 0.5% chance you're messing with me here. Like, this is yeah. on purpose. I thought this one was pretty good still. And I will say that having read the manga, I think this arc is better paced there than it is here. That's kind of an, just an advantage of manga. Like, it feels like here they kind of had to cut it together to make for six episodes of anime whereas the manga was just able to go for however long it needed to was there any other major changes between the two like did they cut out anything important or i'm pretty sure they've cut they cut stuff out but i don't remember what it was so i don't think it was important there wasn't anything that you were like oh this isn't in here wow yeah like, I think they, they might have moved around a lot of the mercenary stuff. Like, I think they spend more time with them. So that way it's not just they die and we get feel bad about it. Yeah, which is weird because I'm not sure if I wish they had more on the mercenary or less. Because, like, yeah. I would say less, but then it's like, well, then why even have them, you know? Yeah. That's a weird one, but yeah. Like, I think they did more with the guy who, the guy who was from the island. I think they did more with him beforehand. Like, so it wasn't just the episode where he died. We got his full backstory about being from the island and leaving. Like, we at least, I think we at least knew he was from the island. Yeah. And it's weird. We have all these things about the mercenaries, but then the captain, like the leader of the mercenaries, didn't really get even a death scene. <laughs> he didn't Because I was overshadowed by the volcano. Did he not die? I thought he died. No. He was ah. rescued by Fontina, I think. Or yeah. Fontina. Okay. I thought he did, because they just had the giant tsunami. <laughs> and that's fair. Which, I will say, I feel like they did a really good job. That episode was really good. Mm -hmm. I thought. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I thought this one was okay. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend that you keep watching if you watched for the same amount of time that I did. Right, it's like, don't start on the second season for sure, but if you enjoyed the first season, you're going to enjoy this. It's Honestly, that's that's all of these. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So. Next up on the list for us is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Uh, In season two, uh, some significant developments include the introduction of a fifth main dragon in Ilulu. She moved into... Sixth. Sixth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I can't count, remember. <laughs> a sixth main dragon in Ilalu who moved in with uh, Kobayashi, Kana, and uh, Toru. Another it, and actually some Lukoa stuff that I didn't hate this season. Isn't that amazing? There's not much I can say in terms of like plot progression because this is very much like a sketch comedy short arc show. Yeah. Uh, but what do you guys think so far of what's transpired in season two? I'm serious. I'm actually curious with your dislike of um, Lukoa. How did you feel about the Ilulu? Or I don't mind Ilulu. I don't like Lukoa because she's a pedophile. Yeah. Fair. There's nothing to do with her design. Yeah, like because if, I'm if... like, well, we we have big boob anime. And then bigger boob anime, like. <laughs> I I feel like if John's, if John's problem was the design, he just wouldn't watch anime. Nah, that's fair. Yeah, I probably wouldn't like the show if I didn't like Lukoa because of her character design. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I I don't mind Ilulu. I I think her arc, like her character, is kind of weirdly mostly a mixture of the other characters. She's got, like, you know, the distaste for humans that a lot of them had at first. Uh, and she has, she's kind of similar to Kana and the kind of the stuff she does. And, like, still being you know, a one, kid. Still being a kid, wanting to interact with people. Uh, although a little older, obviously. And so she kind of does more high school things as opposed to Kana doing elementary school stuff. Although she's not in school. Yeah. But, uh,. <laughs> She does get an actual job. Yeah. Uh, which is more than you can say for some of them. I did think the gag of her changing in front of the guy and then she's like, all right, I'm supposed to be ashamed, you pervert. <laughs> like, I thought that was funny. I also think Iruru might supposed to be a look back on how the dragons were when they first came. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah. why she mirrors a lot of them. What's the word you're supposed to say when you're making like a bold statement that people might not agree with? Hot, hot take. take. Yes, hot take. First OP is better. First OP and first ED are better. I'd yeah, say I don't I'm, remember the ED that much, but yeah. I don't really have a preference on the ED, but I think this OP is much better than... Although although it's only slight with the OPs. I like this OP a lot, too. This doesn't have people spinning around in the air. It doesn't so have the tea posing. <laughs> A hot take. The tea posing makes it worse. <laughs> wow, for once it's Chris instead of Andrew with the bad takes today. <laughs> hey, at least my bad takes aren't going to make your brothers yell at me. That's what you think. I I don't know what, how he feels about this. Uh, I think it's the same artist for the OP. Maybe. And the ED is sung by the cast again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there was... Oh, we, we all, there was also like a whole segment of an episode that took place in the Dragon's World about when Elma and Toru traveled together before they became rivals. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. This was good because Elma was one of the underdeveloped dragons, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. And she continues to be the best dragon. <laughs> Don't at me. I think Andrew's the only one you, who disagree with that here. I'm trying to decide who I think is the worst dragon, or the best dragon. 
I don't know. It might be Kana just because it's so fun watching her do stuff. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> she is very fun to watch do stuff. <laughs> and not in a sexual way. No, no. Just in like the childlike wonder and stuff that she has for everything and how simple yeah. it is for her. Mm-hmm. How like when they're going, like she and Saikawa go on that adventure and it's just kind of her having a good time. Mm-hmm. I forget, was it this season or last season where like there was, Toru was asking her about any games and she was like, oh, I walk on this white line. If you fall off, this you season. die. That's okay. this season. <laughs> and I did like that a lot. When they got to an intersection, like Toru jumps over it and kind of just like, nah, I just don't play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't take it that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also thought it was uh, pretty funny the arc where, or the the uh, the segment where they wound up beating up a street gang. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty good. They all they're all like, oh no, it's Toru. I I am still very much loving this show. It has everything that was great about uh, season one, in my opinion. I'm very happy to see Kyoto Animation back in the saddle. Yeah. I think this is the first thing they've done since the attack, right? They I think they did I don't remember if they if they finished production on it, but I know the second Violet Evergarden came out after. Okay. I bet it was I bet the production was done already. I didn't know that. I don't need to watch that. Yeah, it came out like right when we did our Violet Evergarden oh. episode. <laughs> Completely by coincidence. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think I didn't like this as much as the first season. But. It's also not done yet. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just I, I can't say exactly why, which is unfortunate. It's probably just because it's more of the same. Yeah. Like it. Like as of right now, it doesn't feel completely justified outside of just we want more dragon made. Yeah, especially because the new character is supposed to be a look back on them kind of when they first got here, which is fine. But that just means she's not adding new stuff. Like, there's not a new vantage point or new jokes added in. Yeah. I'm see, you say you say, oh, the only appeal is more dragon made, but that's all the appeal I really need. No, I know. And that's fine. (laughs) That's just not enough for me. Yeah. I uh, am very much recommending that you watch this one if you liked season one. Yeah, same. Yep. So, uh, that is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Next up is My Next Life as a Villainous. Uh, All Routes Lead to Doom. Is that the full title? I don't remember. Uh, (laughs) This one is also very much like picking up right where it left off. and so at least Katarina believes that she's safe now that uh, she's outside of the purview of the game and is not likely to be executed anymore. Uh, so now it's much more about all their relationships with each other and how she's still oblivious to all of them. Right, which I th- I thought at first, now that there's not this kind of like plot drive thing the show is going to be a bit bit lackluster but i think it it's just fine 
Because mm-hmm. still, the fun part isn't the plot. The fun part is how oblivious she is of like seven people competing for her affections. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is very, very funny. Uh, okay, am I crazy? But the the episode where they were trapped in the dollhouse that showed them what they wanted, right? Yes. Didn't they do the same thing in season one, yeah. but with a yeah. book? <laughs> they did. It was a bit different. But it was very similar. Yeah. I thought it was a funny concept the first time, so I don't necessarily hate it, but it is like the exact same plot again. I did like how Keith was that he wanted to know how Katarina felt, so it was the whole cast gender bit. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all still voiced by themselves. Yeah. Yes. And then <laughs> at the end, Katarina's like, what was everybody's? Keith, what was yours? And he's like, ah, uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> shouldn't say... <laughs> Oh, the funniest thing was, though, that um, they all still uh, voiced themselves in the gender swap reality. Yeah. And uh, the gentleman who plays Jardo has a very good girl voice, actually. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I, I think this one's still very great, very funny. I I was just fin- catching up to this one today, actually. Uh, but I thought it was great. I liked the new OP a lot as well. I, yeah. I know, I, I remember last season, I think that was my best OP of the season. It wasn't last season, but whenever it was, it might yeah. have been. Because it, it was such a wild ride. And this one still is. It kind of has like a March theme to it. Well, it goes straight into Ode to Joy at the end. Didn't the last one also have a classical music quote yes. in it? Like halfway through it. Yeah. What was it that time? Uh, the da, 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 da. Oh, oh, Beethoven's fifth. Yeah. Still Beethoven. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. I forgot the Ode to Joy thing because I skip this every time. Really? Yeah. You skip the OP every time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the OPs of this show. I mean, you either like him or you hate him because yeah. they're so off the wall. Like, if you don't like him, you ain't gonna like him. Yeah. I feel like I like the show more when it's more about progressing the characters or a plot and not focusing on everyone together, just doing like them being as a group and being friends. Because I feel like the jokes when they're all together are pretty much the same. Oh, speaking of progressing the plot, can we talk about uh, the other two brothers of Jordo and uh, Alan that were introduced this season? The older one, who mm-hmm. his thing is just that he loves his little brothers like almost obsessively and has like a wall of all their pictures. They're both older. Well, the oldest. Old, yeah. Yeah. I don't would I, it would it be a brocon? I guess, yeah. Well, he's not into them romantically necessarily. I feel like Siscon isn't specifically romantic. It's just you're obsessed with your younger sibling. Also, to be not? fair, if given the option, he probably would. Yeah. But we, we had whole backstory we had whole flashback episodes for the two Prince brothers. Yeah. Yeah, well and it also had to do a bit with the Younger brothers just of 
them realizing how much their older brothers like yeah cared for them and stuff like i really liked that those episodes but it was like the last two or three episodes that we had that i wasn't a huge fan of or i guess like the two episodes between like the katarina being captured and the nickel episode because i really liked that one which is the most recent one uh yeah i oh yeah i really i think my favorite was the arc where katarina got kidnapped i thought that was really funny and i did like the nickel episode because it showed him trying to move on i wish he did actually move on Mm -hmm. um but instead the last girl he might have moved on with was like you should follow your dreams and it's like no Yeah, and uh, Sophia was like, yeah, our dad was in pretty much the same situation you were. But it's like, I feel like... I mean, we had Giordo actually kiss her. Yeah. And we have, like, Miri and Alan who both told each other, hey, there's someone that... Like, I don't love you. There's someone else. Yeah. So, like... I feel like... Giordo's technically in-game at this point, in my opinion, if there was one, but I don't know if there is. I feel like Giordo's going to be in-game just because, like, nothing... There's not really going to be a huge shake-up to the status quo in terms of everyone's relationships, and so that just means that eventually he and Katarina are going to end up married. Right, because her biggest hold-up to not get married is that she doesn't feel like she's, like, royal material. It's like, well... In the grand scheme of things, that's there's worse things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if the show will ever have an end game. I feel like it's just going to be the kind of thing where it just goes on forever. Or yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> It'll have a really non compete non committal ending. Yeah, I think they're up to volume eleven now. And the first one was like just three volumes, right? I think the first one was the first two volumes and then maybe one of short stories later. But I, yeah. I don't know. Cause yeah, it, it, this show is something that easily is episodic. Like mm-hmm. most of the time episodes mm-hmm. don't carry over. So yeah, yeah, I could see them doing that. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on this one? I think if you enjoyed the first season, you'll enjoy this one. Yeah. I think it's yeah. slightly, not as good just because there's a couple repeat stuff like they did have yeah. the dollhouse again which was fun still but it's like at least they did know. different stuff for them this time yes yeah <laughs> alan being a bird and kissing the one he loves and he just pecks the shit out of katarina <laughs> mary turning married becoming the <laughs> yes. king mary becoming king so that way she can take Katarina, or um, Maria becoming all buff. <laughs> Maria to... becoming a part one JoJo character. That, that was funny. And then made being like, I'll come back later. <laughs> or, um, I don't remember his new name, but Sirius Deke being like, it's a good work environment. I forgot that that Stay was his name. Yeah. How did I, I forget that? You. Yeah. That was oh, like your favorite it, thing about they, the old show. Because they only ever called him Raphael in this season. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't remember any of these characters. I wouldn't have remembered any of these characters' names if I hadn't just watched it. 
again. If you if you liked the first season, you'll probably still like it. That's really all we have on it. And lastly is To Your Eternity, which uh, is a two-core show, so it technically just kept going since we ended season six. Um, so now we're catching back up to it. Uh, hey, you remember when we were like, boy, I sure do hope Gugu doesn't die. Gugu dies. Gugu fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least Fushi can breathe fire now. Yeah. And uh, and and the the knocker that attacks at that arc, at the end of that arc actually steals uh, Oniguma and March from him, so he doesn't remember them for a while. Yeah. Until he gets them back later. Yeah. So when the man in black is like, or it's hinted that he's his parent, like just oh well, if he made you, he's your parent, right? And he's like, no, mm. my parent is. Who is my parent? Uh, so he goes out uh, on a journey again, basically just. He basically wants to be left alone at this point because he doesn't want anyone else to die and winds up running into Pioran again, despite not wanting to. And they wind up going, trying to go to one island, but winding up on a prison island uh, called Jananda. They meet a bunch of, uh, he meets a bunch of kids there, like uh, Tonari and her friends. Uh, and they hatch this zany scheme to try and take over the island, which is complicated by the return of Hayase from the first. Well, from the second arc. Uh, I guess you. I guess technically the first arc is him with the boy, even though it was only the first episode. So that arc, that and actually that took us all the way to the present, because that arc just just wrapped up. Yep. But man, wait. What? What episode did y'all watch too? Um, nineteen aired today, I think. Oh, it, it's a Monday show, so it would have aired yesterday. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. I watched. I watched nineteen. I didn't watch nineteen. Okay. Oh, whoops. Uh, I was about to say shit from it, so I'm glad you said something. I mean, I figure <laughs> everyone dies. Did it, did they not already die by the end of eighteen? They all. I don't really know what episode anything happened in because I just kind of watched uh, them back to back. <laughs> Tonari and the other, like the other archer kid, weren't dead. Yeah. Okay. That's that's. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how how much do you care about spoilers? For I don't. Sake I of don't care. Okay. That, that you're you're done seeing people die yeah. in this arc. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we did have a really nice scene. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. Of who's the crazy lady? Hayase. Oh. Yeah, Hayase is like here. I'll not kill Tanari, and I'll kill these pretty much zombies of your friends for you, because you mm. need me. Because I can kill stuff if you're not willing to. Um, and that was her whole shit, kind of, of like, I love you, I'll kill these people for you. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we should also say that um, Hayase killed Parona off screen, so now Fushi oh, yeah. can be her too. Yeah. Um, and he got a mole from. He got a mole, Dedic. hell yeah. <laughs> Which he uses a lot to get out of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good, like, tiny form to no, get yeah, out of totally. rats and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then, kind of the last scene that we saw was him telling Hayase, like, they escaped on a robot together, and he tied her up and made a second robot and left her. Um, because he doesn't need her, and killing her wouldn't even matter, because he wouldn't become her, because he doesn't feel anything for her. Mm. Which, harsh... But also, like, good for him. Uh, so yes, the the knocker d tries a different approach this time, 
in that it starts reanimating all the corpses on this island uh, and turning them into essentially zombies. Yeah. So two of Tonari's friends wind up become, or three of Tonari's friends wind yeah. up becoming zombies. Um, very sad. Mm-hmm. Bushy didn't actually try becoming any of them. Maybe he will later. Although I don't really know if any of them would give him something he didn't already have. Uh the blow dart. Yeah. I mean, he can already. He has. He has Perona for that now. Yeah, because Perona's a good archer. Mm-hmm. And it's also just because he doesn't use them doesn't mean that he can't just mm-hmm. use them when he runs out of other forms. Yeah. Yeah, that that might be interesting. Like he like winds up, you know, being down to just Uroy or something. But yeah, I basically knew that those three characters are going to turn into zombies from the second I saw them because they were zombies in the OP. Yeah. Yes, but I think all five of them were zombies. I don't think so. I'll need to watch it again. I thought it was more than just those three, at least. I think we saw them in flashes of just other people. <laughs> this show's OP is really good, but man, does it kind of spoil things sometimes. The OP also <laughs> has Gugu, like, unconscious or laid on the ground, you know. Yeah. Like, does it? Yes. It's also and really it good. Has. I think it has something about March dying or something, but. Yeah. I don't know if it has anything about her dying. It might. It might change. Maybe. So maybe her dying wasn't in the OP originally, but then they added it after. But it is a good OP. Yeah. And then, um. It's Utada Hikaru. I noticed this when we were watching it last season. I just kept forgetting to say anything. But the mid-set, like the commercial break in screens, they have all the pe- characters who die and Fushi and join Fushi. All of his yeah. forms. Yeah. yeah, on the wall where the boy used to have a drawing of his family. Yeah. Does it have the mole in it? I don't think it has the mole. Okay. I remember they they added uh, they added Oniguma at the start of the uh, the start of the Gugu arc, and I thought it was Gugu just because we didn't know what his face looked like. But then he actually got added when he died for real. They had a bit of talk um, with Piran about how for getting, being forgotten is like a second death. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was pretty good and kind of. Afushi realizing his purpose is almost to catalog these people so that when they die, they're not dead. Yeah. Mm. Which also is yeah. a very morbid thing to think about, but yeah. Like, because I remember the man in black, like last season, being like, oh, you're here to like catalog everything. And I was like, I, we, and I assumed at the time that that meant that there was some sort of calamity that was coming to wipe everything out. And like he was going to be just the last record of it. But no, it seems to be just more that he's around to document people yeah. and and keep them within him so that he's, they kind of live forever. He's the guardian of civilization. Sure. I also think there might be, like, some spirit magic to it also, because both, like, both Gugu and March kind of rejected their paradise thing, and at the end of the Gugu arc, they had Gugu standing next to Fushi, like he was, and I think he said something like, "Oh, I'm gonna stay and hang out with you." And then we see March in like the background hiding. 
Honestly, what I think this show does a really good job at is that the only characters that you really hate are the characters you're supposed to hate. Yes. Yes. Like, they do a good job at making Hayase crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she sucks. I hated her even even before all of this. Because, like, even in the arc where she was introduced, she was always she always had like a little grin on her face, even when she was being a complete shithead. Yeah. So that was annoying. Yeah. Or I I never liked her, but so this this all it all still tracks, of course. I I'm still liking it a lot. So I would say if you liked season one, you'll definitely still like it. I mean, technically, it's still the same season, really. This one more so than any of the others is. Purely a continuation. Like, it is too core. It is straight on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I'm standing on one million lives was a split core. And so it's technically one season, but it's in two parts. Yeah. How is that not just two seasons, though? <laughs> uh, it's, it's just because they're aired differently. Mm. Like, it's still going to be packaged. Like, I think. Like, I don't know if, like, a, in terms of production it's different, but I know at least on Crunchyroll, if it's a split core, they'll do it as they won't have a separate tab for it. It'll all just be one. Yeah, it was all just in one drop-down mm -hmm. box on Verve, yeah. And I think season, like, if it's a season two, it's usually called something different. Like, not like just... Villainous was, like, X or something yeah. like that. Uh, Dragon Maid was Dragon Maid S. Uh, anyway, I am way into it still. Still very, very good. I think this one has, is a contender for all-time classic status. It's just high concept enough that it's memorable, but not so much that it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, the concept isn't the show. Right, the show is the characters. And getting to like them before they get murdered. <laughs> yes. Hey. You would think it would stop working eventually, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's funny because, like, I, I went through the same arc with, like, the cast of this arc as Fushi did, where he just kind of had a distaste for them at first, but really grew to care about them by the end. Mm -hmm. And that might have like, been the point. Mm, like, I thought Tonari was annoying when she first showed up, just like Fushi did. Well, it's like the mangaka might have realized that by this, this is the third arc. And the last three times, the character that Fushi's really gotten close to ended up dying. So that means we're going to be less likely to get attached to people. And surprise, surprise, Trinari didn't die. Yet. Nope, she lived. Well, yet. That, that <laughs> For is now, true. yes. But yeah, like... she's like resistant to poisons and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I was thinking, oh, he's going to get that ability from her, isn't he? Yeah. But no. He seems to be doing all right with the forms he has for now. Mm -hmm. He got the mole. That was his big form for this arc. <laughs> and, and Parona, I guess. Yeah. Rip. Rip Parona. Died off screen. Well, yeah. it, 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 we went into it eventually. It was a very effective death off screen mm -hmm. because I thought at first, like, really? That's it? But then come to find out she was murdered for him. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's something. Mm -hmm. And like, the episode where Hayase and him are on the boat and he like makes a new boat for her before she asks him to kill her 
so that she can become he can become her because that's that'll make her horny. It's not a joke. It's true. It's she's she's bug fuck insane. Anyway, this one's really good. Watch it. This episode's a little weird because we don't really know how to structure it because we haven't done this sort of thing before, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh we will see you eventually because I don't know when this is going up. <laughs> so if you liked what you heard here, you can follow us on Wappercast. Or you can follow us at Wappercast on Twitter for updates and funnies about our show. Uh <clears throat> and uh Hey Chris. When's the next episode and OVA going up? Our next episode is going to go up two weeks from today on October 22nd, which is going to be our Eden Zero episode. So get excited for that. So, uh, this has been your weekly anime performance review. I'm John, your CEO of Anime and Pretzels. I'm Chris, and shout out to Miss Kobayashi's magic penis. Now I'm Andrew, CEO of Accidentally Growing the Harem. Beep boop, ravioli.